0: Let's do this, the Cult of Hockey podcast, by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce.
1: Hey, David. How are you doing tonight?
0: I am doing well. The Oilers won. That's always uh, a moment when I feel like I'm doing well. It, always, it makes me a little happier than than I normally am. Not normally morose, but i uh, usually pretty happy, but... Uh, I'm super happy <laughs> when they win a game, especially against the
1: Habs. Beat the Habs, beat the Habs. Oh, sweet, and you were there when all those Habs. Habs fans. Yeah, there was a lot of Habs fans there tonight. I think more Leaf fans last week, but not by a lot. There was certainly a lot of of red, tricolour, Blue blanc, et rouge, uh, Habs fans tonight. And about 1% of them wear the white sweaters, and the other 99% wear the tricolour. It's a pretty... Pretty, it's a beautiful, gorgeous, form. and it's it's, it's iconic hockey sweater.
0: Other than Team Canada '72 sweater, the best hockey sweater ever. The Team Canada '72 sweater is very funky, like it's you know that half maple yeah, it,
1: leaf. It, it was
0: very, it was neat. very uh, aggressive '70s design, but uh, actually, man,
1: the '72 one was a full maple leaf at the bottom half of the sweater, and then they cut the leaf in half when they did the Canada Cup.
0: Well, it's 76. the top half of the leaf.
1: Like it's not right, the, whole the top, story. yeah, right. So top, it's, it is kind of right. half a leaf, yeah, yeah. And they the cut top. that in half and made, yeah. it, made it even more, more streamlined. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, lots of Habs fans, I was surrounded by them. I, uh, I was lucky enough to go to the game tonight. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's funny how, how it works, you know, uh, uh, with social media. I've made a few friends on social media over the years, quite a few friends. And sometimes, eventually, you get to meet those people, and sometimes you never do. Uh, tonight, I met an old friend uh, who uh, uh, had company seats to the game tonight, uh, Lynn Mercero, uh, a very staunch Oilers fan, dating all the way back to the WHA. And she was exactly as as I envisioned. And just, we had a, a wonderful time at the game tonight, just uh Big time, both of us, big time Oilers fans, going way, way, way back to, to the 70s. And uh, we had fun tonight, and uh, the right team won, just barely, 4-3. to three.
0: And they are now one game above real 500, Bruce. They have, what is it, 20, is it 20 wins?
1: 20 wins. 20 wins
0: and 19 losses.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that is, that's playoff team. That's excellent. And, uh. Huge win the at the cost. right time. And, yeah, you know, the, the Habs, Habs fans, I, I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I used to be a Habs fan in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, a fantastic team, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but when I went to the games in the 80s, the Oilers games, I was kind of appalled at the behavior of Habs fans at Oilers games. I, I think mm-hmm. of all the fans, like online, the Canucks fans are the worst, I, I'm saying. But in person at Oilers games, the Habs fans were just so loud and obnoxious. And I'm not oh. going to make any friends saying that, but I, that's how I felt about them at the time. And I, I think I would be a little bit more accepting of it now, but at the time it really got on my
1: nerves. I had more issues with Flames fans, to tell the truth. And the, uh, the Habs fans, the Oilers had a nice habit of shutting them up because the Oilers usually beat the Habs in the in the early 80s, right when we got in the league.
0: That was uh, the sweetest playoff victory maybe oh, in Oilers history. The yeah, first one, yeah. right? When they beat, what was first it, the best series of five?
1: Best of five. Yeah, and they won six to three and three to one in the Montreal form and then came home and thumped them six two on a Wayne Gretzky hat trick in Game Three, and that was that. And it was just one of the most shocking upsets in NHL history, frankly. And it was almost like what happened to Tampa Bay last year, not quite because Montreal wasn't that dominant a team, but they they uh, uh, they did win the Vezina Trophy that year by 17 goals, like they were a, a very very sound defensive club. And Everton took him apart with speed and skill. It was uh, just unforgettable.
0: It really was. It was. It was the moment when you realize this is going to happen. This is mm-hmm. going to happen for the Oilers. And suddenly, yeah. all of those great young players—you mm-hmm. know, there'd been Gretzky always, and then all of a sudden, started to look a little bit like Gretzky. Like started to take a little longer with the puck, make a little bit better plays, attack like him. And uh, yeah, fantastic. I was just—I—I I just listened to Ken Dryden's chapter. In his book on Scotty Bowman on the Oilers, so there, oh, yeah? he, he, Bowman names the um, eighty-three, eighty-four Oilers as one of the eight greatest teams of all time, and 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 Dryden was quite effusive in his praise of the Oilers, and it actually kind of brought a tear to my oh. eye. He
1: retired, he <laughs> retired just in time, Ken Dryden. I mean, we never saw him play because he packed it in after that fourth Cup win in nineteen seventy-nine. Him yeah. and Jacques Lemaire, and of course, Scotty Bowman himself moved on to Buffalo. After that, so the Habs team, even the one that played the first game here ever 40 40 years ago this month, December of 1979, uh, they were the defending four times Stanley Cup champions, but they were down a couple of courts and the Oilers took them out five to three in the very first meeting. And that was a sweet, sweet game, too, especially for Dave Lumley, the former Hab who scored twice.
0: It's interesting. that <laughs> players would um, retire early, like Dryden and Lemaire. They were both, I think, in their early thirties, and Nairobi oh, was twenty-six young. when yeah. he retired. And uh, now the money is so fantastic. The money is just so overwhelmingly good. You don't really—I can't remember—maybe that's happened, mm-hmm. but you don't really see that right. guys retiring. Now they're doing everything they can to earn that extra f- five to ten million dollars a year for players of that stature. Mm-hmm. And they, but then it was then it was really really good money. But Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, four times the average guy's salary, not, you know, whatever it is now, 50 to 100 times or, what. you know, I haven't worked out the math.
1: Well, Lemaire, didn't he go to Switzerland? Like, he didn't fully retire, but he just went to Europe and he He, he, kind of cashed in his chips and semi-retired and kept playing hockey in the Swiss League at, you know, less travel, fewer games, uh, nicer scenery, less pressure. Oh, that's for um, sure. And you just know. compare that to Montreal. Yeah.
0: Well, Bruce, this is our two good, excuse me, two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcasts. Mm-hmm. On tonight's fantastic four three win over the hated Habs, mm-hmm. um, what is your good thing?
1: Yeah. it's funny actually. I used to hate the Habs like with a passion, but I don't anymore. I don't mind. Yeah, neither them. do I. I don't but, really hate them, but they. Uh, uh, my good thing. Uh, well, I got g- to give credit where due to a couple of bottom sixers and uh, Josh Archibald and Riley Shane, who really rose to the occasion tonight with an outstanding game. Uh, each scored a goal, which I mean, second of the year for Archibald, third of the year for Riley Shane. Here we are at the halfway point of the season, basically, and the Oilers have been crying for those kind of, kind of, kind of contributions. From the bottom six, where you know some nights a, a single goal will turn a loss into a tie, or two goals might turn a loss into a win. Well, that's what they got tonight: two goals, and they won by one. And those guys were very impressive. Like they they uh, they control play. You know when uh, uh, when um, Ronnie Shane was on the ice, the short the shot attempts were 14 for Edmonton, four. Montreal, like the puck was in Montreal's end, and they were bringing it, and they were bringing it with gusto. And uh, um, Archibald scored the uh, scored the uh, two nothing goal on a, on a deflection, and it was off of extended pressure where um, uh, Joachim Niegard made <clears throat> two good plays: one he to did. one one to uh, establish the original possession, the original scoring champ, chance, and then he made kind of a diving play to chipped the puck free just when it looked like Montreal was going to clear it and it went to Ethan Bear, and he made a nifty shot pass that uh, Archwald uh, tipped home and then the game winner in the uh, third period just a few seconds after an apparent goal was waved off because in fact it wasn't a goal it hit the crossbar Poor Ryan Nugent Hopkins still can't buy one and it was still 3-3 three three and my friend Lynn said don't worry they're going to get one right away they're going to get that one back and boom it was in the net, and uh, it was a, a nifty two-on-one given goal with uh, Shane and Archibald. Second night in a row they scored Shane on from Archibald, and nobody else on a you know a two-man effort, uh, two-on-one. Last night was short-handed, and the goals were different, but it was the same central characters, and uh, just a huge goal that put the Oilers ahead, and just you know they were able to hang on from there in uh, uh, an intense but Mainly scrappy um uh, closeout of the game that didn't seem to feature a lot of great chances for Montreal, but many, many nervous moments for oil fans. Tons of nervous moments
0: <laughs> accentuated with Marcus Granlin missed the open net. What is it with oilers and open nets? I wanted Koskinen it. Koskinen missed the open net too, darn it. Yeah, Koskinen. That, How in the hell that did missed that would have that that, that almost hit, net, man. <laughs> it almost hit a groove and went in. Um you know, oh, I, I really dangerous. like Nigard on that line, and I think he adds a lot that Jujar Kara doesn't add. I think that, that line is too slow when Kara's out there, and I've been saying that from the start, and I'm, I'm holding to it. And Negard um, drew two penalties. He, um, as you say, he was largely responsible for that first goal, that diving play to push the puck over to Bear. That was a hell of a pass from Bear, though. He's he um Nygaard, I think has shown at this point he's not close to being ready to playing in the top 6. I think that's a fair assessment at this point. He didn't do much with McDavid. He seemed nervous. He didn't make plays. He didn't contribute much. He seemed like a third wheel who was falling off the vehicle. And um but on the on the checking line it's a whole different line it seems to me when he's out there with him it gives him a completely different look. Shane's big enough to handle the, the tough stuff down low. And he's smart enough defensively to get the job done around his net. And then you have these two guys, one of them flying around and really pesky, but has skill. And then the other one is just totally ferocious. This was Archibald's uh, best game of the year by far, I thought. He just he just kept getting better as the game went on. He was hitting, making plays. And Bruce, this is the first time, like this looked like a like a third, like the kind of third line. Like, of course they're not gonna score a goal every game that line. Oh. But if they can, if they could, if the, if each of those guys could get ten goals this year, right, it, like over they the year,
1: like last year there were ten goal scorers or around there, yeah. and they looked like ten goal scorers the last little while, and then tonight, I mean, Archibald, he came into this game with one goal and one assist, and then he matched both of those numbers tonight. He doubled his season total. Now he's all the way up to two goals and four points.
0: Yeah, it's not going to take a lot for him to get to 20 points, right? Like, then that's kind of the goal: 10 goals, 10 assists, you know, 20, uh-huh. 25 points, uh-huh. and and hold your own defensively. So they generally have held their own defensively. Archibald got off to kind of a rocky start on the team, but he's since then has been pretty effective. Sheaens effective down low. So, you know, of course, there was a couple games when the remember last year, Bruce, the identity line where oh. where they had a couple good games too.
1: Yeah, uh, with yeah, Kyle
0: Brodziak, Milan Lucic, and. Zach Cassian, And they there was, if we're completely honest, there was about, there probably was two, maybe even three games in a row. We're thinking, hey, maybe the orders, maybe uh, Hitchcock has found something here with the identity line. And it came to not. So we are seeing a good little burst from this group. And now the next step is, you know, the, the difference is they started out slow, all of those guys they're getting better. Each of them, I think, is trending up right now and trending up as a, as a unit. So keep that unit together and let's see how they do.
1: I've been referring to them as the limit the damage line because their main function has been to play tough minutes, start in their own zone a lot, play against some pretty tough opposition, and just try and hold it, you know, because they, they, they've they been not much of a threat to score. So just getting out of a game 0-0 is how they helped the, the team. Well, tonight they did much more than that. And uh, and good on them. They look good in the process. You know, it was Josh Josh Archibald, who also had five hits in this game, who um, uh, made the final defensive play to clear the puck away. And that was the second time this week that Josh Archibald was the guy making the last defensive play to defend a one-goal lead at the buzzer. So for what that's worth.
0: So my good thing, Bruce, is Koskinen. And I know that he he wasn't called upon to be superb, and he did let in three goals tonight. Uh, nonetheless, Bruce he made the first big save early in the game. First Grade A chance. Jeff Petrie uh, comes in there, slot shot, and Koskinen stops it. And then the, then he stopped another one right away. Le- Lekanen got a shot off, shorthanded. stopped both of them. This is this has been become such an issue with the Oilers that kind of shot going in that just for the just for him doing that alone, and then he was uh, he didn't. The Oilers had eight grade-A chances to seven for the Habs, so there wasn't a lot of traffic either way. It was a pretty tight checking game in its own way. Um, but uh, Koskinen had lots of busy work. There was lots of kind of hard outside, outside shots that could could turn into trouble, but none of them did because he put the rebounds or he sucked in the puck or he gloved it or he stopped it. Or, um, and it wasn't like there was no luck. Like wasn't like the... the he gave up a big re- rebound into the slot that just didn't fall to a Montreal player. Generally speaking, his puck management and his game management was really strong. His puck handling was strong. And um, maybe the Petrie goal, um, uh, you might have wanted to have that one possibly. It, it was a little bit iffy, but it was a three-on-one. And the other two goals, I mean, Ty Domi, or Max Domi coming in on a breakaway
1: so isn't like the two other... <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the other two players who scored against Mike Smith were like Tidomi, and they scored. This is a highly, highly skilled player who, oh, he, a, just an amazing player. And then the other goal, the second goal, was a total deflection. Like, it's a 100% shot. Like,
1: like it, when it oh. hits,
0: there's no way the goalie's going to stop that. So
1: yeah, I had a real good really, look at that one. He had no chance. There's no goalie yeah. going to stop that.
0: Yeah, so I, I just really liked Koskinen's game. He was the better goalie tonight. And I'm, I'm going to work on a post. I'm going to try to think of a statistical way, a number of different metrics to figure out in which games have the Oilers had the better goalie. Mm-hmm. And I think in the majority of his games, just going on memory at this point, but I would say the, in the majority of his games, Miko Koskinen's been the better goalie on the ice this year. And he was the better goalie tonight against Carey Price. And it's a big reason the Oilers won.
1: Yeah, well, he held his hands full with Jeff Petrie. My goodness, Petrie was outstanding in this game tonight. Good one player. goal, one goal, two assists, seven shots on net, three hits, uh, two block shots. He was all over the ice. I, honestly, I don't remember ever seeing him have a better game in all the time he was here. He was just—he was all. He was over pretty the ice. good when he was here. He had good I games really there. I just don't we remember were both... having a game this good. Like he yeah, was Yeah, fair really enough. Good. What's your bad thing, Bruce? Oh <sighs> well, my bad thing is kind of how the. The game slipped away on the Oilers a little bit. They came out great guns and they and they dominated Montreal in the first period on the shot clock and and, and in uh, possession time and and uh, general flow of play. And they were up two nothing. Almost made it three nothing. Chaison was robbed by Carey Price, and then Montreal got that got that shorty shortly thereafter. And all of a sudden, it's two to one, and. Uh, you can sort of feel, well, this seemed like it was going to be easy, but it isn't going to be easy, is it? And uh, then the second period, um, my goodness, uh, you know, Montreal just poured it on. And uh, by the time they tied the game, I think the shots on net for the period were something like 7-0 for the Habs. And uh, Edmonton did get one on the power play. Their power play clicked at the right time because that was a period that, you know, By flow of play, Edmonton should have lost, Mm. and yet they managed to retain their one-goal lead. And then the last minute or hour of the second, I'm not sure what it was, the puck was in Edmonton's end, and they just could not get control of that thing and get it out of there, and Montreal kept peppering shots. You know, Edmonton blocked five shots in the last minute of the second period. Only one of those shots actually made it through to Koskinen, but the pressure was hard, but uh, uh, Clefbaum Larson each blocked two shots, I can't remember which forward got the other one, but they were all chasing, chasing, chasing. And that, that, uh, um, so this is a game that didn't have really many bad things. I mean, I guess you could pick out individual plays like Nurse getting walked by Max Domi on the 3-3 three, three or something like that. But it was just more, they, uh, it seemed like they took their foot off the gas a little bit or Montreal put theirs on the gas and Edmonton struggled to stay with them. And uh, they, yeah, uh, Again, managed to hold their one-goal lead in the second, and they did it again in the third, so they made it, uh, they made it work.
0: My bad thing is nurses' play on the uh, Domi rush. And even though, it's funny because um, we see Connor McDavid do this to defensemen, really good defensemen all the time, um, but uh, we're not used to seeing anyone do it to Oilers' defensemen, largely because hardly anyone's as good as Connor McDavid. But um, Max Domi on that rush he was going fast, and he's an awfully tricky hockey player. And he made a stick fake on Nurse. Nurse bit on it, and he was around him. So uh, that's a pretty embarrassing, pretty embarrassing play for uh, Darnell Nurse, honestly, at a key time in the game. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're just working on our scoring chance document here as we talk. I had forgotten to put that one in there. I was so excited Shayen's goal. Oh, cool. So, but uh, yeah, Nurse. Um, as they say about goalies when they get beat like that's one that darnell nurse would like back and i'm sure sure he's not feeling too good about it it's just a fundamental play you watch the players middle of the player's body you block the bodies going to the net and you don't let them around but this will happen now and then when you have a player as skilled as max Stoney. he is a fantastic uh, attacking hockey
1: player he was flying on that play
0: he really was so so it it was nurse got a lot, lot of hell of course on on, online, on Twitter, and people were all over him. But, you know, in some ways, the the, the, the play on the um, um, shorthanded goal, McDavid's play, giving away the puck and and then biting in hard, like not getting back, um, being caught up ice was, was maybe more egregious in some ways because it's just a giveaway at the opposition blue line that turns around the other direction and pucks in the net. So anyway, that's my bad thing, is Darnell Nurse's uh, gaffe. Uh, are we at numbers here?
1: Yeah, I think we yeah. are. What's your number? Uh, well, i got a string of numbers, and this is uh, Carey Price's lifetime record against the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, this will be good. It is good. From an Oilers fan's perspective, if you're a Montreal fan, you're not going to like this at all. Sorry. Oh, let's hear it then. Okay, three wins, eight losses, one other loss. 3 8 and 1, so 9 wins for the Oilers out of 12 decisions. Uh, 3.70 goals against average and a.859 save percentage. The Oilers have owned this guy his whole career, and they owned him again tonight. Four goals on 26 shots. You know, I mean, Price made some uh, uh, a couple of pretty terrific saves. He got one with the knob of his stick. And, you know, he almost robbed Drysidel on that very first goal on the 2-on-1. He got a big piece of that with his paddle, and it just went through and just uh, didn't quite get enough of it. But it looked like a sure goal, and he almost stopped it. But uh, he just doesn't have it going on against the Oilers. I remember them blowing him right out of the net here a couple times where he started a game and got pulled, which happens to carry Price very rarely indeed. But for whatever reason, I mean, there's no other team. I think the next team that his worst record is is 889 against Vegas Golden Knights in two games. You know, like, it's, it's it's so far below his career norm against Edmonton than any other team. It really is a shocking statistic, and it's doubly shocking when you realize... This is the Edmonton Oilers we're talking about, where every goalie named Tom, Dick, or Harry seems to have a 15 and one lifetime record with a 980 save percentage and 15 shutouts against the Oilers. You know, and Carey Price, a bit, you know, Carey
0: Price is such a has been oh, such a fantastic. He, yeah, I don't know,
1: the best I don't know if he still is, but he,
0: he was for a time there. Carey Price Absolutely. played at a level, you know, one of the highest levels we've ever seen of an NHL goalie ever, you know, and when he was mm-hmm. with Team Canada in, what was it, was it 2014?
1: 2014, when, Man, when they he gave up one goal in the medal round, three games in the so, medal round.
0: He was fantastic. He was just, yeah. it, was, I'm never, I, it was just such a relief to have a guy like that. in that. What was his save, what's his save percentage again in 12 games against the others, Bruce? Uh, 0.859. I
1: mean, we're do, almost down in Mike Smith in 2019 <laughs> territory here. So and that's, that's that's already extended. point
0: eight yeah. five nine. Wow. 12 games. That's That's got to hurt 12. Habs fans when they hear that point eight five nine oh. in 12 games. What is it again? .859? .859.
1: 9. was Coming 8, 5, coming in tonight, it was point eight sixty, and it actually dropped another point tonight because tonight he would have put up an uh, 852 or something along those lines in uh, tonight's game.
0: So it dropped this to .859. This,
1: this is from a guy with a... Uh, uh career save percentage of 918 918 so, yeah. and then 0. 0.859 against
0: eight, seven, yeah
1: so <laughs> it's 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 one of those things you just there's no explanation for it but the numbers are so completely off the wall I decided to make that my my number
0: that may be the best number I've ever heard Bruce <laughs> And I
1: won't say it again because I've
0: done that joke too many times. I, love, all right. I,
1: like, I like and admire <laughs> Carey Price, but I don't mind seeing any goalie on another team get lit up by the Oilers, you know. Yeah. Too bad, Carey. Not at all. Go, who, make who, up for who, it by beating the Flames like he is did Is there the any night.
0: any goalie in particular you like to have see with a similar? Maybe Jonathan Quick. Mike the <laughs> Mike. Well, he's with the orders
1: Yeah, no, he, uh, he, yeah, used own, he used to own. He used to own the Oilers. Like he yeah. was like fifteen and one at one Ed point Belfer. against the Oilers. Yeah, Ed Belfer. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think Ed Belfour had fifty wins against the Oilers between regular season and playoffs. Fifteen. Yeah.
0: Okay, my uh my number is nine and three. It's Riley Sheehan's face off numbers tonight and usually I don't focus too much on face-offs because it is I think an overrated aspect of the game but it is until it isn't and um when it isn't it is in the last minute of the game and they sent Shan out there last minute 52 seconds left to take the key face off and he won it and um he he you know he I don't know what his percentage is this year I'm not exactly didn't look that up but uh, that's a key moment in the game to win that face-off uh and good for him for winning it. Good for him. For, that was part of probably their success tonight in um, out shooting the halves and out chancing the Habs when they're on the ice. So good for Riley Sheehan. Face um, faceoffs are also really important on the penalty kill. And I think he's historically been pretty good at that. And again, I don't have his numbers handy this year for either of those things. But um, he's, uh, he, those were, that was a huge win. Good for him.
1: Yeah, I'll quibble with one, one thing you said. They, they didn't send him out. Uh, he had to stay out because that was uh, the time that Koskinen iced the puck. And it just went over the so goal that's, line. So the line, that's, so the refs came right to the bench and said, all those guys that are trying to get off to the bench, you all got to come back out. So that's so why, that's why Granlin see.
0: and... Um,
1: what that's why it was kind of an odd there? combination, yeah.
0: Granlin and Russell were out there. I was thinking, why is Granlin and Russell out there with... With uh, Shane, I couldn't figure that out, so that was why. Okay, there you go. All righty, Bruce. I think uh, I think we're done. We just got to right. post this, and uh, because right. the game grades are up already, Archibald got a nine, Shane got an wow. eight. Wow! And uh, usually grinders don't get marks like that, but usually Ooh. grinders don't have games like that, so.
1: No, that's right. Usually the grinders, when they do everything right, they got about a seven. The range for me is smaller for grinders because they don't have you know, the the big, big scoring output type games. But uh, those guys did score big goals, and they really did not do anything to criticize. There was no reason to dock them any points. They dominated well, possession. Yeah. They dominated the face-off circle. They, they, those two guys did the job on the one penalty kill. Edmonton stayed out of the box most of the game, but... Uh, they uh, they the, the that was the second penalty kill unit that gave up the goal late in that power play, yeah. And they just uh, they did damage at even strength. And man, what a relief it is to get some of that kind of action from uh, down the lineup.
0: Yeah, the Oilers did get that for a while there. There was a stretch in early uh, November where they were getting a goal a game from the, the bottom line oh. groups. They need that again. So maybe we'll get oh. that against Vancouver on Monday night. Bruce, thanks for talking tonight.
1: All right, thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.